Hi everyone, my name is Aisa and you're tuning in to Sick to Speak's Merdeka special entitled Malaysia, Did You Know? In this quiz show episode, we will take you through three segments where our lovely guests will have to answer Malaysia-related questions and get them right. Sick to Speak. Speaking about our guests, let's hear it from our community members, Alison and Maslin. Hello. Hi. And joining us today is a familiar voice you may have heard before in our previous specials, Ikram, friend of the community. Selamat pagi, Malaysia. All right. Each Always community a pleasure member. to have you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Each community member is in charge of one segment in this episode, and we will kick it off with Maslin. Yay! Good morning, everybody. How are you this Sunday? Morning. Good morning. Okay, so my segment is very simple. It's a true or false segment. I'm going to read out a fact. And then you just tell me whether it's true or false, okay? So, uh, I'm going to start good. off easy. I think everybody should know this. On 8th February 1956, our soon-to-be Prime Minister Tunku Abdul Rahman signed our independence agreement in London, scheduled for August. It was an odd six months later, he stood at Merdeka Stadium and shouted Merdeka 20 times. True or false? False. True. Times. I think it's true. I think it's false. I don't know when the, Why, you I think... don't know when it was signed. But I'm pretty sure... Well, that doesn't really matter. Wait, wait, can you say the date again? Uh, It was signed on the 8th of February, 1956, scheduled for August 1957. I do know he gave that speech not on actually, not on 1957. But we're not talking about the speech, we're talking about the declaration, the the execution of the document. Is it? Can you repeat the question? Can you repeat the question? (laughs) So far, it's going to a great start, so... (laughs) Is okay, this okay, the okay, easy not, one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the question, I just, I, I thought of tricking you, but I guess it's a little bit more complicated than that. Okay, did well. he or did he not shout Merdeka 20 times? Yeah, he did. No. Yes, he, he did. did. 20 times? Yeah. It was like, wouldn't All you, right, cool. if you had like one shot to shout Merdeka, how many times would you shout Merdeka? <laughs> Three, to be honest. Three. One Three. really good one. <laughs> just that one. Okay, Merdeka. I say yes. I say no. I say yes. Majority we have rules. To come to a consensus. Okay. Why do we have to come <laughs> to a consensus? <laughs> okay. Should we? Should we convince? Should we convince okay. Alison? Otherwise, you could say like. So. Alison. <laughs> well, you're the lawyers. <laughs> no, it's fine. Majority rules. That's how democracy works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Malaysia is a democracy. Yeah. And unlike unlike current parliament, we can prove that we have a majority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Okay. Yes. Okay. He did. Um. Uh, Tunku Abdul Rahman shouted Merdeka. Seven times. Oh, yeah, I was right. <laughs> okay, so at least we agreed when... on going in the wrong direction. <laughs> um, I just feel like twenty is just such a specific amount yeah. that you wouldn't make it up, you know? Yeah. Well, I had to because you know. Twenty is a lot. <laughs> Again, twenty <laughs> times is so long. Twenty times is a lot. Can you right? imagine That's just true. standing there and shouting? Actually, you're right. Like logically, seconds. it wouldn't make sense. Well, yeah, he okay, chose fine. seven times specifically, even though media clips only feature three times. Ah, uh, uh, that's why Alison thought it's because, true. Yeah, seven times. No, I thought uh, it, I knew it was seven. Oh, did you? Many Malays all the time, and even now, as a significant number. So seven was chosen on purpose. And added fun fact: even though today uh, the common word to mean independence or freedom is merdeka, but did you know that this word was particularly chosen by Tukul Rahman because it is more accurate than the traditional Malay word, bebas. Oh, why is it more accurate? 
Oh, because we're not really bebas. We're commonwealth. <laughs> it's derived from Sanskrit, meaning rich, prosperous, and powerful. And you know how oh, much nice. of a influence Sanskrit language nice. has had on our country, so a lot yeah. actually. Yeah, mm. so that's very interesting. Very, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like what? We we get a lot of our words from Sanskrit. Sanskrit. Yeah, that's what I thought. I. I, that one Now I know. you know. <laughs> We're just learning know. stuff on this. On, <laughs> yeah. this We're just okay. learning stuff on All Medica right. Day. Are you ready for round two? Yes. yes. Okay. <clears throat> In 2011, Malaysian astrophysicist Maslan Othman was named UN ambassador to extraterrestrial. True or false? To extraterrestrials? Like to aliens? Yeah. No. Eh? Ambassador to the aliens. Uh, I always like to approach life with optimism and hope. So this sounds like exactly the same, the kind of thing that we should be doing. If it's not true, if it's not true, uh, you end. Hit, hit your boy up <laughs> so, with some creds. <laughs> I mean, why is UN even a... a should it be NASA? Yeah, but NASA like, is purely American. It has to be like a global... Agency, not that I mean, we're already we're already like accepting that they have this position, and then now we're debating like, but which or do they have the jurisdiction to do this? <laughs> no, yeah, but you, you United Nations, United Nations should have like should be involved with everybody. So yeah, all right. I don't. I mean, Mazan Osman, if you're a real person, and if you, <laughs> it was like Mazan, I'll be so upset. It was like, oh, sorry, he is the UN ambassador, but not to extraterrestrials. It's to like her. Bosnia Herzegovina or something. I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> but like, yes, okay. I'm, I'm Alison, not that clever to think of that. I'm saying it's true. Alison, I'm saying it's think? true. Oh, I don't know. Come on, Alison. Um, it sounds true, doesn't it's it? It's for extraterrestrial beings. I don't know whether you say yes or no. Um, but uh, I, I would like to... to um, Do you believe? Sorry, let me start that again. Sorry, Do dated you reference. Do believe in love <laughs> Okay, well, I was going. Um, okay. I do want to believe, so I will say yes. <laughs> We've yeah. got one going to yeses, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the answer is sort of. Okay. Um, That's a cop out. Yeah, what the hell? Like it was like option. yes or no, not sort of. Like, your segment is literally called true or false. In that case, your question. In that case, your question. Your first question. Well, I'll did, give you, I'll did give the, you the PM... explanation. All right. Okay, fine. I'll give you the explanation. In November 1999, Kofi Annan, Secretary General of the United Nations, appointed Muslan as the Director of the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs. So, so it could so be. So your, yours is false because you said extraterrestrial. Yes, okay. okay I'm very different. All right. If we're going to be pedantic so about it. Right. But it's in his job scope though. <laughs> It's not. I, you wanna let's let's yeah. check it. Okay, can we get can we get UN? Sure get, I, want jo- I want the JD. I want the job description for Mazlan Othman. In September 2010, several news sources reported that UN would appoint Othman as the ambassador for extraterrestrial contact. However, a UN spokesperson dismissed the reports as nonsense. Yes, correct. Oh, they are correct. So but he yay! is in charge of outer space. So yeah. if, if there is so gonna do? Know, any extraterrestrial you, he would be yeah, if, if, you okay, are supporting if you guys fake news know what, what, what he uh, does the director of United Nations office for outer space affairs uh, acronym ANUSA does is that she dealt with issues of international cooperation in space prevention of collisions and space debris 
use of space-based remote sensing platforms for sustainable development, coordination of space laws between countries, and the risk posed by near-Earth asteroids, among others. Among others, though. Among others, though. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but here's here's my take. <laughs> like, I mean, if if we found if we found Starro, the conqueror. Like just floating around Earth, you don't think they'll contact Mazlan Uthman? No, I do not think so. <laughs> I think they will contact the president of America because that's the case for all movies. <laughs> not John Cena. For some reason, yeah. it happens in the US or somehow talk or to Supergirl. <laughs> this is a Medica special, right? <laughs> all right. I mean, yes, you guys. Are. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think I'm to okay. 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 All right. All right. Round number three. Okay. Badminton has and always been a premier sport in Malaysia, with some dubbing it our national sport. True or false, in 1982, the famous Sedek Brothers was banned by International Badminton Association. 1982? Okay, is it like... For what? Point of clarification, from badminton? Sure. This is not... Uh, as in for why? They were banned from competing. I mean, that's the fact that I'm saying to For you. that year, is it? Is it okay. temporary? You need to know <laughs> duration. I didn't do yeah. that. Back. Because Is it like temporary or permanent okay. ban. I know they went for the Olympics um later in 1992. So 1982 seems like a really long time to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to Are you kidding me? Which way was pause this thing right now and tell you that my true or false facts has never is never going to be anything to do with dates, okay? Oh. Uh. <laughs> that I copy and paste. I'm going to like trick you in when it happens. So the question is, have they ever been banned? Lah? In which case, Isa calls you out. Do you think the statement is true or false is the question. Okay. Were they banned in 1982? False. I don't think they've ever been banned. But I've, I've, been, I've been keeping to true so far. So I'm, I'm just going to double down <laughs> and like say it's true. Definitely. Those boys have been known to be just a menace to badminton. Rowdy, yeah, oh cowboys. Because you know them personally, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, before we <laughs> were born. No, brothers, right? I don't know whether it's before. We, we know of the Sidet brothers, lah. Like the the famous Malaysian them, yeah. athletes that brought you know a lot of attention to the sport and the country. But I don't know them personally. I don't. I don't have them in my you know Telegram group. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that was what I was asking. Okay. Uh, I think they were they were not banned because I don't know. It's it, it was probably still too early for anyone. Okay. 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 So it's still a majority. So, so far, all of us have been on a minority once. <laughs> I don't know So they were not banned, but but they created a famous serve called the Sidexo that was uh, so good. It was so good, so good. that that serve was banned by the international. Oh, is this the smash? It's not the smash. It's it's a oh, serve. It's, not. it's the oh. serve is the first thing you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but is it like a, <laughs> a smash here? serve or <laughs> I love how we're doing it. <laughs> it's the serve. If anybody, if any, I know this is a podcast, which is <laughs> not a visual you medium. Know, before you start, <laughs> you start a game. You have to serve. Yeah, correct. You're correct. You're yeah. correct. Yeah. So yeah. they they created a serve called the city serve that caused deceptively erratic shuttle movement. Which confused opponents and officials alike. The serve caused so much uproar; it was banned by the International Badminton wow. Federation. So ah. apparently, the serve itself is really easy to do, but because no one can predict where it goes, it's very hard to counter 
I guess yeah, so, it's very yeah. hard. Yeah. Well, that's a skill, right? Yeah, that you could use. So why would they ban it? So I guess I can. Because we're Malaysians, I can, that's I can why. try it out at like whenever I play <laughs> against my nieces and nephews at the gate. You know the bad gate badminton that we play at home. Oh yes, I used to play that too with my dad. But whenever the wind would come yeah, and the it. shuttlecock would like either go on the roof or go to the neighbor's house, it. we'll never see it yeah. again. <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, the outdoors. Uh, quick question: yes. Do you think what badminton? Do you think the badminton that badminton is our national sport? I I I mean I think so. unofficially, yeah. The the populist the populist. I, I thought I, like, I thought it was yeah, the one like, where we we uh use our like hockey sepak takraw. Ah right? yes, sepak takraw, the one yeah. that we use the shuttlecock to like you know hit hit use I our legs we... to hit the shuttlecock. We created that, right? I don't know. I think I, I think I think, I think the one with the maybe. the. The one you're talking about, I said, is the one with the ball, the the tuckraw ball, rather than the yeah. rather than the, the ball? yeah, rather than the shot the cock looking thing. But anyway, yeah, all right. I guess we're all like pretty much aligned yeah, that yeah, badminton okay. yeah, yeah, is like yeah. it's popular yeah, enough and, and it is like a national sport as it were. So, are you guys ready for the next one? Yep. Yes. Okay, this is a crazy one. I think it's a crazy one. We are in recent years. We have been obsessed in being in being the greatest at something and filling out our world greatest record book. So, true or false, in 2007, a Malaysian broke the world record for heaviest train pulled by teeth. Yes, true. False. I think if it were true, the media would have made a, a, a much bigger... What year was it reported? Um, about it. 2007. 2007. Confirm is true. I, I, I told you, it's never going to be about the date. <laughs> no, but it's like, me. we're just casting our minds back to 2007. And like, what were we doing then? And did we, we were, hear we anything were about... Just yeah. not, not caring Where we about could have ri- ri- ridden trains. Yeah, was there ever a trend? Was there <laughs> what ever is a, a train? Was there ever a trend? <laughs> is there trains into 2007? <laughs> was there ever a trend of people pulling trains on with their teeth in 2007? Yes, there was. Yeah, then okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with have yes. like like... I'm gonna go with yes, <laughs> definitely, hundred percent. But I've never heard yes. like of a Malaysian breaking racket doing it though. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Malaysia okay. boleh. I believe Malaysia boleh. Okay, so if you voted yes, then you'd be right. Yeah. Rat- <laughs> What's his name? Her name. Ratha Krishnan Valu. Okay. Ratha Krishnan Valu pulled not one, not two, but seven again, seven KTM coaches with his teeth. Wow. Oh my god. What has he done lately? He must have drunk a lot of milk. <laughs> <laughs> the total weight that uh Ratha Krishnan pulled was 297 tons. How how far did he wow. how far did he pull the cars? Uh, 2.8 meters. Oh man, damn, damn that's crazy. Yeah, it is, right? I mean, I like this is when I read it this is false, but it really happened. Wow. Wow, so Congratulations. <laughs> Malaysia boleh. Malaysia boleh. Yeah. <laughs> Is it still, so this, do this we... went on to the Guinness World Book of Records, by the way. Yeah, mm. uh, do we still hold, the, does he still hold the, the oh, immediately taking partial credit as well. Oh, as a nation. <laughs> do you still hold it as well? <laughs> does, he, does, he, does he still hold the record? Uh, I believe so. I didn't check the latest Guinness World Book of Records. All right. On teeth pulling trains. <laughs> yeah. But Either it way. happened in definitely. <laughs> Yes, congratulations. Okay, so okay, I I so that's that's it for true or false. Thank you. Uh, hope you guys. Thank you. Are we clapping? Yes, we did. All right. Um, I'm gonna hand over to 
Okay, so welcome to segment two, everybody. To celebrate the theme for season three, which is the power of words, this segment will introduce you quotes said by different Malaysians, and I would like you to guess who said it. I will be providing you with options, so don't worry, you won't be plucking names out of nowhere. And I will also be asking two bonus questions related to the Olympics and our history. All right, so are you ready? Yeah, As I'll ever be. Let's see how many Malaysians I know. Mm. All right. So the first quote is this: Every one of us must respect each other's rights and feelings, be tolerant of each other's religion, customs, and habits. For in diversity we can find real unity. We are all Malaysians. This is the bond that unites us. Let us always remember that unity is our fundamental strength as a people and as a nation. All right, so I will be sharing the quote in the chat box, so you can just see how. Definitely it is. Zaid Hamidi. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that was my first guess as well. All right, so many have quoted this quote to celebrate unity in Malaysia, and it's been used many times in opinion pieces to show the disappointment in Malaysian division today. So the three people who you have to choose from is one. Is it Tunku Abdul Rahman, the father of independence and the guy who said Merdeka, Merdeka seven times? Or two, is it Tun Abdul Razak, Malaysia's second prime minister and known as the father of development? Or is it three, Dato Ambiga Srinivasan, a prominent Malaysian lawyer and human rights advocate and one of the wow, eight recipients of the International Women of Courage Award in 2009? So, which one is it? Tunku Abdul Rahman, Tun Abdul Razak, or Ambiga? I think it's Ambiga because you said um he he was uh he had to do something with human rights, right? I'm sorry, I'm so bad at history. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a she, uh, but yeah, oh, she's sorry. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's um, okay. It's okay. alright. I would have guess. I would have. I would have guessed it was Lee Kuan Yew or something. <laughs> I was. Okay. Back before Singapore gave up, um, I was like, "Oh, what a what a big hundred eighty change." I might also a stab in the dark. I would also say that to Ambiga. Yeah. Okay. Um, only because she's she's. It sounds like something that was spoken in recent years, and hers is the most recent. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, she is the yeah. most recent. She's the only one still alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ikram. How about you? What's your guess? I'm gonna go with. I'm pretty sure it's uh, that to Ambiga, but I'm gonna go with Tun Abdul Razak. <laughs> Tin Abdul Razak. Okay, mm. interesting. Okay, so the correct answer is Tunku Abdul Rahman, everybody. <laughs> oh, wow. It is from we the were... father of independence. <laughs> he said a lot of quotable things. In fact, he said a lot of things that encourages unity. For example, we must each always think first of Malaysia, of the national need and least of ourselves. Everyone must try to help and see that the people are one-minded with loyalty and one aim to make Malaysia the land we love, a happy abode for all of us. So, yes. Can I ask, Sorry, guys. Yeah, can I ask, in what context, <laughs> in what context was he delivering that um, extract from that speech? What speech was it for? Uh, I don't, I'm not even sure if it's from a speech. Um, but he was a very well-read person. And he was educated overseas, and he probably said it offhand. In fact, he was actually against uh, Malaysia being an Islamic state because he believed that government should not be based on religion, especially a new one. So he was actually very, what we would call a liberal person today. So Ambiga, 
is not she is she she does advocates for human rights but she didn't say that so it's interesting that we were founded on the basis of unity and tolerance how far we have fallen since then. <laughs> oh you know that's debatable yeah. i only asked i only asked right. i only asked uh what was the source of that speech because like it would be infinitely hilarious if it was like due to you know somebody stealing his roti baka in the morning or something and it just goes like, <laughs> Guys, no, guys, sure. every one of us must everyone... respect each other's rights and feelings. <laughs> be tolerant of each other's religion, <laughs> customs and habits. So, I'm not mad. Eating roti baka uh, in the morning. I'm not mad. <laughs> Just, you know, whoever took my roti baka, we can find real unity here. We are all Malaysians. So, the next quote that I have for you is a quote that was said by a person who made an impact far beyond the 7,000 people who heard the speech live in 2019. Since then, this person's speech has been viewed more than 3.5 million times on various social media platforms. Many of the views have come from Malaysians who are very proud of this speaker. So, this speaker said, Most importantly, we work towards the promise of a great future for ourselves. While I was carrying the expectations of many, the heaviest ones were my own. When I didn't meet them, the person I disappointed the most was myself. Friends, look at where you are. Look at where you started. You made it here to the last act. You did it. Day after day, you made the choice to rise up and give yourself another chance to start over every single morning. All right. So who said this quote? We have three students. First is 16-year-old Emir Hadi Imran Zulharnain, the youngest person ever to enroll at the Royal College of Surgeons in Dublin, Ireland at the age of 16. He finished his A-levels at 15. The next option is Lisa Kamal, a Petrona scholar from the University of Wisconsin, who was later awarded with a Hilldale Undergraduate Research Fellowship, the university's top research grant to pursue her studies in electron micro... Electron microprobe analysis. Or three, Nurul Izati from the University of Pennsylvania, who was awarded with a Rhodes Scholarship to continue her studies in the University of Oxford in not one, but two masters, social data science and public policy. By the way, these three people do exist and the accomplishment are real. So it's just something to be proud of, regardless of who said this. What a way to make us all feel inadequate in our educational achievements. <laughs> All right, so who do you think it is? Is it 16-year-old Emir Hadi? Is it University of Wisconsin, Lisa Kamal? Or is it Rhodes Scholarship holder, Nurul Izzati? Nurul Izzati. You've probably seen this speech. It went viral in 2019. Okay, so you think it's Nurul Izzati? Yep. Why? Uh? Uh, I just quickly Googled it. You guys <laughs> <laughs> no, did it. No Google, okay. No Google. All right. What about the rest? <laughs> no, I lied. I lied. I didn't Google it. Well, I was going to say Nurul Izzati anyway because I think uh, going to Oxford is a lot of pressure, and then doing two masters is double pressure, and then masters in data science and public policy. Forget about it. It's like out of this world pressure. Yeah, screw the guy who All went right. to. Screw the guy who went I, to. I have to agree. Who's doing? Who's doing? Uh. Yeah, surgery, surgery in Dublin, Dublin. Dublin. But I would say electron mi- microprobe analysis is also pretty pretty tough. I mean, yeah. you know, I saw I had trouble just pronouncing it. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just pronouncing it. it. Like, let alone researching <laughs> it. Yeah, but so, there's, there's only one. And then, only... okay, so just based on my not experience, 
ex- my, not my own experience, but looking at other people who get research grant, they they're pretty chill. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so she wouldn't she wouldn't have uh, attributed it to well, uh, so much <laughs> pressure have... trying to fulfill this research. <laughs> All right. Is that your final answers, everyone? That's my final answer, Alison. Yeah. All right. So everybody pick neural Izati. All right. So all of you are wrong. It is Nusa <laughs> <Lisa> Kamal. <laughs> the research grant girl. <laughs> yes. I told yes, you she... electron microprobe analysis was super She's tough. She's not chill. Yeah. Yeah, wow. She's not like other researchers I know. She was, um, actually, it was a pretty amazing speech and it was an amazing opportunity because she was chosen to give a commencement speech. So among all the students who graduated in that year, she was chosen to give a speech So it was just so nice to see a Malaysian girl wearing a hijab, uh, quoting Hamilton. The idea that you can come from nothing, but can you can still succeed. How's the research going? So uh, I don't know, <laughs> but I, I guess it's going. <laughs> Before you carry on, uh, Isa, I do love that even though we've gotten both of your questions wrong, that we're all getting it wrong together. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's gotten one right. <laughs> Yeah, but in spirit of unity yep. and respect. And that's truly what Malaysia is about, right? Just getting things wrong together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, seriously, our, our listeners, please check out her speech. It is truly, truly amazing. I actually teared up because I felt so proud. I'll have the link in the show notes. Okay. All right. So I would just like to share two things. So this is related to the Olympics and it's not a quote, it's who did this. All right, so Malaysian competed at the Olympics Games for the first time in 1956 in Melbourne. But it was not until 1992 that Malaysian won its first Olympic medal, which is, of course, a bronze in men's badminton doubles. And of course, it is the brothers Jalani and Razif Siddiq who shared the bronze with China. So in London... 2012, Malaysia won its first non-badminton medal. Who won it and for what? Okay, so these are the three options. Is it Hidilin Diaz who took the gold in weightlifting? Or is it Pandalela Rinong who took the bronze in platform diving? Or is it Azizul Hasni Awang who took the bronze in track cycling? Which one was our first non-badminton Olympic medal? It's probably the weightlifting. What do you think? The weightlifting? Mm. Okay. Mm. The rest? Yeah, I'll go with weightlifting because I've not heard of it. Mm. Yeah, because like the Maybe other cycling? two, the other two were so recent. Don't tell me we've never gotten a uh, a bronze medal. Non badminton bronze. Medal. Yeah. This was won in 2012. You mean before that it was just badminton all the way? <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was badminton or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I find it hard to believe that. Well, Pandalela Renong was, I think she's she's, she's very, very young. young. So There's she no, have existed yeah. before. 2012 was like she nine is 28 years. now. Okay, that, that might that now. might be something there, but I'm gonna oh, double so down. Suffer, suffer. All right, Alison. I would say cycling because uh, I don't know. I I don't really know a lot of weightlifting um, activities. <laughs> Uh, Malaysia. I don't think we have diving, um, swimming pools. You know, accessible everywhere. And I, I think you know, in the kampung areas, we cycle a lot. So I'll go with cycling. <laughs> okay, everybody got it wrong. <laughs> it's 
It's the diving. It's the diving. So Pandalala yeah, Rolong to won. have good divers. She won in 2012. Yes. I Pandalala. didn't know she was a um, um, medalist. So Pan- Pandalala is the first Malaysian female athlete to win an Olympic medal. Um, as well as any other sport rather than badminton. In fact, at the next one, 2016 Summer Olympics, she actually won silver for us. Wow. Ah, so, yeah, um, I recall that and with, I thought that was her first one. Yes. Along with uh, Cheong Jun Hong, uh, they tied for silver and they're both Malaysian divers. So she got to the finals this year, but she didn't place lah, first, second or third. So yeah, um, Hen- Hidilin Diaz is actually a Filipino weightlifter who trained in Malaysia and won it. Philippines, the one this their year? first gold. <laughs> the one this year? Yeah, this year, this year. Yeah, the one this year. So uh, uh, KKM is taking credit for the gold because apparently they allowed her to go and compete in Olympics. <laughs> and Azizul Hasni Awang did take the bronze, but in 2016. And this year he won silver for us. So, oh, time yeah, time so, has really flown. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel pride. like I owe Pandalela an apology. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, we knew you were good. We didn't know you've been good for that long. <laughs> yeah. And, and, so, and she's, what, 28 years old? 28 she's years 28 old. She's 28 now. Wow. Yeah. Meaning that she would have I'm been 29. 20, she would have What been am 20. I doing with my life? <laughs> well, on part, uh, participating in quizzes. <laughs> But, I mean, how many trains have you pulled with your team? <laughs> Can I get a medal? <laughs> okay, so this one I picked because of its historical significance and because it really touched my heart. So this person is a freedom fighter and the only Malaysian woman to be ever awarded with the George Medal for Bravery. During the Japanese occupation in Malaysia, she and her husband covertly supplied medicine, medical services and refuge to resistant fighters for years until their capture in 1943. She also covertly shared information gleaned from BBC broadcast on banned shortwave radio sets. So who is this person? Is it one, Sibyl Katigasu, a trained nurse whose skills and determination led her to receive the title Malaysia's Florence Nightingale? Or is it two, Lim Beng Hong, the first woman to be called to the Malayan Bar, the English Bar, and the first woman representative on the Federation of Malaya Legislative Council? Or is it three, Tansri Devaki Ayaturai, the first woman to be elected to public office in Malaysia and known for her work in social welfare where during the May 1969 riots, she helped take care of riot victims and homeless numbering around 3,500 at Stadium Merdeka. So who is it? Is it Sibyl, Lim Beng Hong, or Tan Sri Devaki? What do you think? It's probably the <laughs> second one, Lim Beng Hong. Going by the fact that... I have no idea, but it's the fact that you are a legally trained yeah. lawyer. I'm just going to lean towards you supporting one of It's your shameful own. shameful how little we know. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But logical deduction. Look at what she did. Oh, during the Japanese occupation. Okay. So yeah. probably a trained nurse. <laughs> Yeah, probably. All right, so you think it's Sibyl? Yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks for the clue. <laughs> <I guess. Yeah. laughs> Would you so, like to... Right. So is everybody Sibyl? Wait, so uh, Alison is Sibyl. Ikram is... No, I'm still going to... I'm going to change my... my okay, my then I'll take, I'll take to Baki. I don't know why then. Why? You, you <laughs> don't have to have equal oh, wow. representation. Okay, all right, all right. I'll stick to my answer then, knowing fully it's wrong. <laughs> Now, okay. Okay. It is actually Sibyl. 
um, Sybil Katigasu, a nurse. Correct. And that was the hint. So she ran a clinic with her husband in Ipoh um, that provided secretly medical services to freedom fighters. So they were later arrested and subjected to cruel methods of torture, such as water torture, where water was forced down her throat and Japanese soldiers would later stomp on her bloated stomach because they were trying to get information out of her. Um, they even took her five-year-old daughter and dangled the daughter from her, a tree um, in an attempt to break her loyalty, but she never did. So she was thrown to jail for two years before she was set free when the war was over in 1945. She was then flown to UK for medical treatment, but she did not survive from her injuries because she broke most of her bones and couldn't walk again and she lost all her fingernails and she died from acute septicemia because of an in a jaw injury inflicted by the Japanese. So she's a true war heroine and it's a shame that we didn't credit her in our history books. Wow. So just some education. Yes, like people in, in those times are really tough. So yeah, so fun, not so fun fact. But just things that we did not know of that we should know of. That's all. All right. So with that uh, somber note, I pass it on to Alison. So for my session, um, I will be giving you some imagined scenarios. And what you have to do is just to act them out. Okay. Um, so the first scenario is... In Merdeka Stadium on the 31st August 1957, Tunku Abdul Rahman gave a solemn speech which culminated in the now iconic and historical Merdeka chant. Briefly reenact a short segment of his speech prior to the Merdeka chant. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Not me. Briefly what? <laughs> Really what? So you know um his Merdeka chant, right? Yeah. Okay, so what uh he gave a speech before that. So uh -huh. as Tunku Abdul Rahman, what would you say? And end your speech with the Merdeka chant. <laughs> you don't have to do it seven <laughs> times. <laughs> but I think by now we all know it seven times. So what would my speech be? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Just a really short one. What would you say to your people? <laughs> I think you gotta pick. Maybe the talent can go first. <laughs> uh, I think what he said was, I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. Merdeka. <laughs> After everything that all of us has been through, all you have to say is Merdeka. Mm. <laughs> okay, if, if it was me and I'm like somehow I travel back in time and... Um, went to Tunku's body I would probably give them advice on what to do in the future so I would say like okay guys this is serious business number one buy bitcoin <laughs> invest in gloves and masks um, what, what advice what, what has been helpful for us like I wish I knew that in the last five years Term limits invest for in grab <laughs> yeah e-commerce is going to be a thing yeah. Don't um, sell water for so cheap to Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 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 you know, office is not going to be a thing. Uh, you know what's going to be a real big thing? Um, office chairs. <laughs> <laughs> you invest in office chairs? 
<laughs> Do you know that guy like bought like millions worth of property or something? That guy that invented Secret Lab. I mean, founded Secret Lab. Wow. Oh, okay, I did not know that. All right. Very actionable. Merdeka! <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Mais. How about you, Aisa? <coughs> okay, I would say um, more than 50 years from this moment, all of you will forget that we base the foundation of our independence on unity, diversity, and tolerance. So I would like to remind you that we fought for our independence, not through blood or war or strife, but through democracy as well as collaboration. So please respect today's memory and the memory of what I stood for and continue to fight for each other, continue to look out for each other and continue to work towards a united aim. Merdeka, 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 seven times. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. That was that was very inspiring. Some of it was. Are you, are you wearing a new one? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh. I feel wow. too, in, too, too inspired. I, I don't have any words for it. Okay, so uh, the second scenario is Tunku Abdul Rahman is also known as our father of independence or father of Malaysia. Or is he also known as the founding father of crowdfunding? Upon receiving a response from the Secretary of State in London on the 14th of April 1954, Tunku Abdul Rahman was asked to travel to London to discuss the terms of our independence. Facing financial difficulties, he held an emergency meeting with Amno in Malacca, during which a sum of money and personal jewellery were swiftly donated. If you were Tunku Abdul Rahman, what would you have said to convince the people to donate? <laughs> oh, oh. oh, man. Uh, okay, I'll go first because I don't know what to say, so I'm just going to go on the fly. Um, I know y'all are poor. <laughs> I know we just got out of like a lot of real bad crap with the British and then the Japanese, and now I'm asking you for money, me, an elitist. <laughs> But you know what? Let's start on a good note. I know you've got some jewels. I know all the sultans are filthy rich. So come on, guys. <laughs> Give a brother a bone and help me out. Uh, it will look so good on me and you. Uh, do this for the country. Do it for Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my rings and all my gold. <laughs> um, I think this is where he said that thing at the start. I think this is where he said... Every one of us must respect each other's rights and feelings, be tolerant of each other's religion, customs, and habits. For in diversity, we can find real unity. We're all Malaysians. <laughs> this is the bond that unites us. Let us always remember that unity is our fundamental strength as people and as nation. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Actual well quote. Very well done. That's amazing. <laughs> Won't you be convinced? Yeah, that's like how much. I would if I had any money to donate. <laughs> but that was for roti bakar, remember? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the roti bakar. Okay, uh, how about you? Okay. Ikram? Hi, everyone. Thank you for making time today. I uh, really appreciate you all coming out in droves. Um, there's uh, kueh in the back, and there's some coffee as well. 
So if I can get started, hold on. Let me just set up the projector. Oh God, I should really should have done this before I started the speech. Okay, <laughs> essentially, what we are trying to do, uh, we're going to set up the strategic development company. It's going to drive uh, strategic initiatives for long-term economic development of the country. Uh, haven't haven't settled on the name yet. Uh, still still brainstorming ideas. You know, uh, Malaysia is one of it, but like you know, I I, I don't know. We we haven't we we haven't really um, decided yet. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to forge global partnerships and uh, promote foreign direct investments. Uh, and essentially, it's going to be in the areas of energy, real estate, tourism, agribusiness. I mean, I really think you guys need to be on the ground floor of this thing. It's going to make hella money. Uh, I got this boy from Penang who's going to help me manage the whole thing. And uh, I think this, well, essentially your investment is going to go into this uh, company called uh, One Malaysia Development Berhad. I really suggest you guys get in on it. Uh, this this sum of money will ensure prosperity and success to Malaysia for years to come. Wow. Nice one. Such an inspirational in, in, speech. See how far we've come. In, <laughs> like in the end, in the end, the next prime minister's son <laughs> takes up that pitch. <laughs> I think you got me at like all the kueh and the 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 tea, the, the kopi, tetare, the kopi. <laughs> I came for that. <laughs> Thank you, Aisa, Ikram, and Mas for participating in these imaginary scenarios. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but I have learned a lot on what um, these situations could be if they were to be in the 21st century. I'll pass it back to you, Aisa. All right. Thank you, Alison. If only I bought Bitcoin, much earlier, <laughs> anytime, at any time, actually. <laughs> All right. So to close off this Merdeka episode, I would like to ask everybody what is their Merdeka message for this year. And we will start with Maslin. Right. So I think I think we've gone through a lot this last two years um, with everything that has happened. You know, for the listeners out there, this is recorded in 2021. So... It's been a tough two years for us, and I, I think what what I love most is how uh, Malaysians has truly come around together, uh, united to to beat this pandemic, and and it has been inspiring despite everything that has happened. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Now I feel like eating curry pop. Okay, <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Ikram. What is your Merdeka message? Uh, my Merdeka message for 2021 goes out to all the citizens of Malaysia currently going through the health and economic impacts of COVID-19. There's just no way to go around that. It's a really difficult time for everybody. You know, in, in, in these troubling times, we turn to, to hope, I suppose, of a better future and see that Merdeka was in our independence was something that we fought for. It wasn't something that was freely given to us. And in that same way, we have to fight for our independence from COVID-19. We have to continue to just be the best versions of ourselves that we can be 
stay safe, stay compliant to SOPs, and do what we gotta do to get past this. Because I really need to go mama again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be Langkawi or something. Oh man, I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for much here. I just want to go to phase two. I just want to go to phase two, people. I just want to dine in. Imagine this, Mama in Langkawi. Oof. Oh, mahal gila, mesti mahal nak mampus. So yeah. Tourist price. Baka. Baka. In Langkawi. Oh, that's the dream. Alison, over to you. <laughs> yes, Alison. Um, in the spirits uh, of Merdeka, I would just want to say how proud I am to be uh, a Malaysian, and um, I, I really appreciate for what everybody has done and is doing to help uh, the community. Now um, uh, we're based in KL Slangor, and I see a lot of support from the communities trying to help people uh, get through this pandemic. And I see a lot of people giving donations for food, for money, uh, house rent, especially, um, and it's just amazing. And one of the uh, most prominent part of my life right now is food. Without food, I don't think any of us could have survived the pandemic. And I'm not talking about you know just Maggie me or you know Kopi. Or I'm talking about um, me being a Chinese. Uh, I don't only eat, let's say, um, dim sum. You know, I, I love my Indian food. I love my nasi lemak. My goodness. Okay, I'm I'm hungry right now. It's 12 p.m. <laughs> We we're recording this in the afternoon. Yeah. So just stay safe, guys. Uh, don't guys and girls, uh, don't go out unnecessarily. Get your vaccinations and stay home. And let's just hope and pray that everyone is okay. Merdeka. Merdeka. <laughs> Uh, I think when we go to phase two, that you know we can say Merdeka, Merdeka. <laughs> yes, like that the PM will like at the end of this thing, the PM will go back to Merdeka Square and do the same thing. I no, don't think so. I like, think he will be mauled if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. Um, Yeah, from me also. All I have to say is, Malaysia, I'm proud of you, and I'm gonna give birth to a baby girl next year, and I'm proud that my baby girl will be born a Malaysian. That's all I have to say. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you. Happy Independence Day. Selamat Hari Merdeka. Right. Seek to speak. Mm-hmm.